We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Sunday, May 14th. I'm Drew Silva. With me here is Chris Crawford. On this episode, we're going to cover some individual risers and fallers from the weekend, players who showed something encouraging and others who did not. And we'll talk some fab and waiver wire targets to round things out here on Sunday afternoon. Uh, first, let's jump into some headlines. The lead story from Saturday, I, it might be the Wilson Contreras situation, maybe because I'm a Cardinals fan. And I know you guys touched on it a bit on your, your Saturday mm-hmm. show, but man, what an odd turn of events. So I guess for people unfamiliar, last Saturday, manager Oliver Marmol came out and said that Contreras would no longer be catching and would be moving to the outfield and DH. Mind you, this was or is less than a quarter of the way into the first year of a five-year, $87.5 million deal to be the replacement at catcher for Yadier Molina. Um, And Contreras didn't find out about this decision until he saw Trace Barrera in the Cardinals clubhouse that he had been called up to now back up Andrew Kisner behind the plate. The next day, Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselak, does an exclusive interview with Ken Rosenthal and Katie Wu of The Athletic to kind of get the message out there that Moselak says Contreras would not play the outfield. He would DH and that they wanted him to return to catching eventually. Um, It all just it points to a a bad disconnect in communication of a franchise used to succeeding that is not having success and seems to just be panicking Um, reading between the lines of everything management was saying. And even what the Cardinals pitchers were saying, I think Jack Flaherty was pretty blunt about it. Uh, There were problems with Contreras's preparation before games. I think that was an issue at times with the Cubs too, that maybe he didn't put in, you know, the off field sort of game planning work that is necessary to play that position, but also the Cardinals, I think should have known about maybe his reputation. They gave him that money. Their pitching staff is poorly constructed too. So it's like, we're going to blame this guy. Um, It felt like a weird blame (laughs) game from my outside perspective. Anyway, one week later, uh, the Cardinals announced that Contreras will return to catching uh, this coming Monday. (laughs) So 
Okay. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. happened in the last week. Maybe, maybe they won some games and they just feel better about it. Now. <laughs> I think the whole, the whole story just reflects very oddly uh, on what has been an odd start to the 2023 season for the Cardinals. They, they have won five of their last six games uh, could pull off a sweep in Boston on Sunday night baseball. Um, Contreras has been a key contributor offensively. Uh, Nolan Arnato's getting it going. Finally, Nolan Gorman continues to be a monster. It'll be nice to be able to slide Gorman back into the DH role so that he can be an everyday player and not play second base because he's not a very good defender. Um, that's the role that Contreras, I guess, has has been slated to occupy. But again, to returning to the catching position, I, I still think the pitching is a problem. Um, will continue to be a problem. There's like no easy solutions for it. But only seven and a half games back in an awful National League Central, despite being 10 games under 500. The Pirates have quickly regressed. I think we all knew that was coming to some degree. Uh, the right. Cubs are better, but not great. Um, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me if the Cardinals get back in there and make this the two team race that we thought it would be with the Brewers for the division titles, you know, somehow figuring out the Cardinals, somehow figuring out their rotation on the fly. Um, they like to do those mid season trades for like veteran pitchers. It'd be nice to be able to do one of those right now. Um, maybe I'm wearing Cardinal red colored glasses on that. Um, but I don't know. Winning game solves a lot of problems and there was a lot of dunking on the Cardinals going on in early in the season and rightly so, but um, I don't know. You win five of the six and all of a sudden everything's better. Uh, yeah. I would it shock I think, you? Would it shock you if they, if they make this a race? No, I, I told Brian that I still think this is the team that'll end up winning that division. And it's more insult to the other four teams than it is compliment to the Cardinals. Like all due respect, I do like that St. Louis lineup an awful lot. I think there's some interesting arms in the bullpen. And I think, once Matthew Libertor joins that rotation, I'm a big Libertor fan and have been really impressed with what I have heard from scouts. But like the good news is all this Contreras mess doesn't really affect fantasy teams, right? Like he, yeah. he, he's been a solid, if unspectacular option, hasn't really gotten the slugging going yet, but getting on base at a nice clip, hitting for a well enough of an average to be your catcher number one. By the way, I do have to say we did skip over the biggest story. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Come on, Drew. Come on. As the host, that should have been the first thing that came to your mind. Happy Mother's my, Day to my, my mom's mommy. out of town. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's a good nice present. Is she doesn't have to see you. That's a pretty. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the meanest thing I've ever. What said the heck, person. man? What was that? In the, the entire world. Uh, <laughs> um, my mom's out yeah, of town, and, and my wife's mom is out of town. So there's this awesome bakery down the street that does these like nice. mother's day quiches. So we just got one for ourselves. <laughs> what flavor? Uh, it's mushroom and spinach and oh, like a ton really of cheese. I think a Swiss cheese. That sounds really good. Uh, but yeah, like ultimately a, Contreras. On like a pastry crust. Yeah. Let's, let's talk more about quiche. That's that's no, totally. I'll start a quiche podcast with you at this very moment. Uh, but ultimately I think Contreras is going to be fine as a fantasy option. He's a flawed real life player. And I think the Cardinals probably should have done a little more research into this. It was very funny seeing Ryan's reaction when that news happened uh, while we were recording the podcast live. And I don't blame him for just being a little flabbergasted. 
I'm not sure if Ali Marmal is great at this PR stuff, to be completely honest with you, Drew, because the way he handled the Tyler O'Neill situation and the way he's handled this has not been necessarily the best of the situations. Uh, unfortunately, I want to talk to you about some bad news here. Nick Lodolo is going on the injured list with his left calf injury, was examined in Cincinnati, got scratched basically right before Ryan and I started recording. Uh, they're saying it's going to be about four weeks that he's going to miss. Now, look, Lodolo has been hit and miss this year, as a lot of first full-year starters have been. It's uh, seems some swing and miss, but also dealing with a very poor pitcher's part. I've been more encouraged by what I've seen from Lodolo than discouraged, to be honest with you, outside of a few of those clunkers. Um, but unfortunately, for at least a week, you're going to have to find a replacement. Um, I imagine they don't need a fifth starter for a little while. I just did the news on this uh, this morning. Um, I imagine right. Levi Stout is going to get a chance to make some starts for them. Not a huge fan of that guy from a fantasy perspective. A chance to be a decent real-life pitcher as a multi-inning reliever, I think, but not really someone I'm considering for fantasy purposes. There are a bunch of AAA guys in Cincinnati that I am considering for fantasy stuff, uh, but none of them are pitchers right now. But Lodolo is uh, – this is a bummer, and you're going to have to look for a replacement for at least probably the next month. Yeah, and I think Stout's probably just going to get one turn, assuming this is, you know – just a 15 day IL. IL oh, no, they're they saying now the that it's going to be at least a month. That happened right before. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I didn't yeah, see that. So, so, yeah, David Bell came and told uh, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer that he's going to be out for at least a month while he recovers. So, they'll have to make an addition. And I imagine Stout is going to be that guy. Uh, Connor Overton was placed on the 60 day injured list. So, that's not a realistic option. Justin Dunn. I've heard nothing about in a very long time. So that's not happening. He's just disappeared. Soon. He's disappeared. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate because he's a guy that I really liked. Uh, part of the big uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, Edwin Diaz trade that we probably need to re and uh, shoulders. Re yeah. Oh man. Band shoulders, 2023, 2024. Um, but yeah, th this is going to be a little bit of a long-term thing. I imagine Stout takes gets that first shot at the rotation spot, but he's not somebody that I'm really looking to acquire. I'd be looking at the waiver wire for sure. That's that's weird. I I'm surprised by that timeline. Just because they delayed the start two days, he was supposed to pitch what Thursday against the Mets, right? Or against the Marlins, or yeah, no, it was against the Mets, and then he was going to face the Marlins, correct? Um, and then it, I guess further testing, or he tried to throw and maybe reaggravated it or something. I, I guess I, I wasn't really following that story. Um, not, while we're talking about the Reds. I think we have to talk about Ellie De La Cruz a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's had like an, just an incredible week, an incredible month so far at AAA. But on Tuesday, he had what? Two homers, a double, um, and it was like a minor league record. Three balls hit. I might not have this exactly right, but it hit over 116 miles per hour exit velocity, I think. It was some yeah. kind of minor league record. Um and I think the most impressive thing about that game is in his final at bat with the bases loaded, he drew a walk. And yeah. like, this has been kind of, this has been kind of the problem with De La Cruz. Like he, obviously toolsy is all get out. Um, but can he draw walks? Can he, can he not chase as many pitches as he had in the lower minors? And I was pulling up his game log. He has 10 walks over his last five games, two strikeouts, like just super encouraging stuff. And you right. and I talked about him at the beginning of the year we were thinking, all right, maybe, maybe late 2023, maybe this is probably more of a 2024 guy. 
Sure. I don't know, man. I, I, yeah. I guess the Reds aren't really playing. For, it's a terrible division. I, I think he's yeah. coming up this summer. Is that like, nope. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this summer is absolutely happening. Now, look, I do a list every Wednesday for Rotowire called Imminent Arrivals, and it's my top 10 prospects for redraft leagues. And I have Jordan Walker in the number one spot right now, and I have Cruz in the number two. I think that might be changing. And it has nothing really to yeah. do with what's going on with Jordan Walker. It has everything to do with the fact that Ellie De La Cruz is just a special fantasy prospect. Like he can do a little bit of everything. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can steal bases. All due respect to Jordan Walker, who I think can be like that. We talked about it, like a 12 to 15 stolen base guy. Ella De La Cruz has the speed to have 12 to 15 stolen base a couple of months. Like he can really fly and he can really read pitchers really well as well. That was a lot of reallys. I'm a big fan. The The only thing with me is that there is, as a guy who is built more like a shooting guard than a shortstop, there is length to his swing. It's very similar kind of to O'Neill Cruz, where because of his size and because of the length of his levers, there's going to be issues with contact. But he hits the ball so flipping hard, I'm not sure it matters, Drew. Like, there is so much fantasy upside with him. So I think Walker has the higher floor. De La Cruz has the much higher ceiling with all due respect to Walker, which is such a weird thing to say about a 20-year-old who had success in the major leagues. I do think he's going to play this year. I think that Christian Encarnacion Strand is going to get a chance to play this year and have some fantasy relevance. And I think Matt McClain is going to have a chance to play this year and have some fantasy relevance as well. All guys that I'd be considering. But if you're talking about like adding a prospect right now, just to stash with no guarantee of a certain timeline, I think De La Cruz has to be at the top of the list right now. I mean, he just had like a a string of, he would strike out a, at least two times, sometimes three times yeah. a night in April at AAA. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a fluke. We're dealing in a small sample size. But what he's like turned it around so far, man. He doesn't have a strikeout in his last three games. And it's um, worth pointing out. I, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt. That this was a guy who missed time at the beginning of the year with a hamstring injury and didn't get a yeah. chance to play a bunch of extended spring training stuff. So there was some timing issues. This is not a in my personal opinion, 180, 200 strikeout guy, the way that Nelson, or excuse me, Nelson, the way that O'Neill Cruz could possibly be, this is a 150 to 160 strikeout guy for sure. I'll take that. But you will take that. You will take that because he's going to make so much hard contact and do so much damage on the bases and running around the bases that you'll take that little bit of a hit. Um, uh, other injury stuff, Anthony Rendon was pulled from Saturday's game against the guardians due to groin tightness. He was not placed on the injured list Sunday, right? That was the early start no. time game Correct. against Cleveland. So that's, that's good news for now, but, uh, still kind of up in the air as to how much time he might miss calling it day to day for the time being. Um, Rendon's interesting, man, it has not hit for much power at all this year. One home run through 130 plate appearances, but a 301 average, a 415 on base percentage, uh, 20 RBIs, 19 runs scored in 30 games. So it hasn't been like totally unusable in fantasy, providing coverage in certain categories and was a value, I, I think you could say, in drafts. An ADP of 211 on Yahoo, right around pick number 200 across most sites. Um, so yeah, hopefully this groin issue proves to be a minor blip and Rendon can start contributing some homers as well he's he's still batting clean up you like to see that behind Mike Trout mm-hmm. and Shoei Otani 
a good spot to compile counting stats, even if he doesn't give you the, the raw individual power numbers. But I don't know, looking at the stat cast data, his average exit velocity is fine. 74th percentile. The max exit velocity is not. And I don't know, this early in the season, I think that could be kind of a fluky thing, just not catching the right pitches at the right time to drive them over the fence. Um, if he stays healthy, he's been hitting the ball with authority, and I think he will do that more and more as the season rolls along. Again, you know, health permitting. I, I, we talked about him as, as one of those players who was drafted. You know, we named some players who were drafted outside the top 200 who could contribute top 100 sure. value. Um if, if he contributes, keeps contributing with the rate stats, I mean, gets on base like he did when he was an MVP candidate, um, and the homers will come, I, I mean, every everything else has been there and should be there, again, as long as the health cooperates. Yeah, I mean, the biggest concern here, unfortunately, is that Rendon's health has been an issue in the past. And while this is different than the issues I believe that he's had over the last couple of years, it's still something that is like, you know, can this guy stay healthy? By the way, his comments about never being a power hitter, I thought were kind of laughable. He was absolutely was... a power hitter not <laughs> that long ago. I, I think I think Anthony Rendon just might like being a contrarian, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, I still have high hopes for Rendon, but you got to pay attention to this situation because, look, this is a guy who just flat out hasn't been able to stay on the field as of late. Uh, something that broke just before we were about to start recording, AJ Puck. So was announced that he was dealing with dead arm, uh, which is always concerning. Unfortunately, dead arm has gone to injured list stint, and it's to do with elbow nerve stuff, uh, going to be out at least two weeks while he deals with this stuff. Puck has actually been, I think, really good this year. 3.07 ERA, already picked up six saves, a 19-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. FIP of 3.29 tells you that it hasn't just been good luck for him. Really impressed me that he's been throwing so many strikes. That has been one of the biggest issues, a walk rate above four in his first couple of fullish seasons, down to 3.1 last year, which is still not great. Uh, 1.8 will certainly work. Uh, it looks like Dylan Floro is going to probably get save chances for them at first. Tanner Scott also could be somebody who sees some save chances for Miami. But I think, Drew, you'd probably agree with this. If you're looking for a closer replacement, you probably got to look at the waiver wire at this point, don't you? Yeah, I mean, Floro's out there in some leagues, and I know he sure. hasn't been like, well, he's been fine this year. I mean, the, the, the control's been really good. I think he took a loss or a blown save was out on Friday night. Um, but I think he's their best option. Like, they could try the Matt Barnes thing, but I don't think they will. Uh, Brazabon's right. been all right. But I, I, I think if Floro's out there, I'd pick him up right away. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's – it's the Marlins – <laughs> and i don't know it's tomorrow i, I hate that's talking great. about saves that's the, that's the oh i do too um it's worth pointing out too that the marlins one of the reasons that they've been so good in one run games is because of how good puck has been i believe they won their first yeah. 12 one run decisions it was like a record uh, i think yeah yeah it gives me uh seattle mariner 2020 2021 vibes because of the fun differential i think a team with like a negative 50 run differential that's hovering around 500 is pretty darn funny but yeah that's fair um i'm not a huge floral well, believer but at the yeah. same time if you're just somebody who saves i guess that's the guy that you got to go get it is true that the way that that team is constructed or constructed when they do win games it's going to be like one run games I and mean, they've already played sure. a ton of them this year 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Floro could certainly have value. He's pitched in high leverage before. Um, what he had, he's racked up like 25 saves over the previous two seasons. So they, they, they trust him in that role. And, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's the, he's the guy to pick up. Um, sure. John Gray, uh, mm-hmm. who I, I know that you're pretty high on, he, he took a, a no hitter into the seventh inning Saturday against the A's. Is that a major league baseball team, Chris, the, these Oakland nope. A's? Nope. Okay. I have been on my YouTube sure. channel, my why I've been calling them double A Midland in all of my game recaps. What are they? The Rock Hounds? Is that, that Midland? <laughs> yeah, Midland Rock Hounds. Like nice that. job. Good hat. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well, dude, all all minor league baseball hats are cool. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it counts. It counts in fantasy. John Gray. Uh, yeah. He delivered ultimately eight scoreless innings, five strikeouts, three hits, two walks, all part of a five nothing win for Texas. Gray was excellent in his last start too against a real team, your Mariners. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eight strikeouts. Over seven innings of one run ball to earn another win. Overall, now for Gray, a, a 3.15 ERA in 45 and two thirds innings, 1.14 whip, 32 strikeouts. Uh, that's not a ton of strikeouts. The past results suggest that his K rate will improve. Um, mm-hmm. So, what you're seeing so far, the, the command has been really good. I, I like him a lot of the rest of the way. And again, I know you do too. He has the yeah. whole arsenal fastball slider changeup with good command. Um, gets his old friends, the Rockies next. And thankfully it's not at course field. It's going to be in Texas, um, ADP outside the top 200 this spring. And, uh, gray has brought the heat so far. And I'll, I'll say again, that most of the evidence points to, uh, the strikeouts rising. And if the ERA and whip stay low, you're talking about a, a top 30 kind of starter in fantasy. Totally possible. And I think Gray was actually pretty solid last year as well and, and kind of got he was. lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, again, limited to just 127 innings, has not reached above 150 innings. It got to uh, exactly 150 in 2019, just 172 in 2018 as a career high. So, look, not the most durable guy and has already dealt with an injury once. But all the stuff is here for him to be a frontline starter and I like the Rangers, Drew. I think there's going to be a lot of win chances for that team. The fact they're playing so well without Corey Seager and Jacob DeGrom missing time as well. Have they taken advantage of the fact that they've got to play double-A Midland a few times? Yes, that is obviously going to help them. But they've looked good. Like, the eye test for me passes with the Rangers. They have a complete lineup. The bullpen isn't my favorite, but Will Smith's slider has been really good. Uh, You know, he can be that new Mark Melanson type of closer guy, and there's some hard-throwing guys in between them. If I was going to make a bet on who I think is going to win this division right now, I think I'd probably go Texas, partially because the odds still haven't completely shifted in their favor. As much as I like the Astros and the Mariners are playing better, I really, really like Texas. I liked them before as a playoff team. I kind of like them to win this division right now, Drew. Yeah, the Astros are just kind of feel off this year. Um, right. And, uh, I mean, they've had some bad injuries and in bad spots. We'll get Jose Altuve back obviously, soon. Uh, yeah. I'll, what, did he start a rehab or he's about to he maybe? He did. He started a rehab yeah. on Friday, went uh, hitless uh, in that first game. Um, he set his timings off and all of that you know, cliche, 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 but that's a big sure. return, man. All due respect to Mauricio Dubon, but R- Mauricio Dubon is a perfectly cromulent utility guy that you you want on your roster. 
you don't really want him hitting at the top of the lineup when you have a guy who, no. if not for some stuff, might be a Hall of Famer someday. Uh, I think that's a pretty big return for them. Um, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's just they just Dusty, feel off. <laughs> Dusty Baker insisted on batting Jose Abreu cleanup for the first six weeks of the season. He finally dropped him. Uh, I think right. that was Friday. Uh, Jose Abreu, I, he looks a little bit washed to me. We we yeah. talked about this on uh, we talked about this on Saturday with Ryan and uh, about draft yeah. regrets, and that was the first name we came up. In fact, our to take you inside the show a little bit, folks. Uh, our buddy Alan, who does uh, all of the stuff, was like Jose Abreu was the image that I was going to select for the podcast before we <laughs> even did any of that stuff because, like, he does, and it's silly that. As much as I like Dusty Baker, the idea of needing to break up left-handed hitters in 2023 is so insane and taking away at bats. I joke that breaking up Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker is like trying to break up Brian Re- Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Like, why would you want to do that? Wow. Like, why would you? That's want a beautiful people? analogy. <laughs> Thank you. It's a literal and figurative, beautiful analogy. Um, real quick, let's talk about Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer, yeah. I believe, is back on the mound today. Drew, is that correct? Um, we could check that out. He was supposed to be. <laughs> yes. He started something. The, has changed. Uh, yes. Well, so what happened was, and this is by the way, something I have actually in my years of covering baseball, something I've never seen before. I have seen lots of games get suspended. So Saturday's game between the nationals and the Mets was suspended, but the nationals started Joey Lichesa, Joey Lichesi on that Saturday game and then optioned him from uh, to AAA, even though that game is still happening right now, which I did not know was something that you can do. So he was optioned I didn't know you down. could do that either. Uh, we are learning stuff together, my friend. He was optioned down. Um, so he's going to start the uh, the second game of that doubleheader when that game finishes. But I thought that was fascinating. As the 27th man or something? Oh, no. Scherzer, no. You're talking about. Okay. No, sure. No, I'm sorry. I. Uh, they optioned down Lucchesi and they called up a reliever that whose name escapes me now. I, I uh, it was a long day, Drew. And then Zach but they don't Muckenheim, get a twenty seventh man, right? Wait, they do. Zach Muckenheim will be the twenty seventh <laughs> man for the game once it starts. But Lucchesi was able to be optioned down. I don't know how that's legal when the game is actually still going on. It seems like a pretty massive advantage to be able to do that. Right. Uh, but anyway. Max Scherzer will Does be he get a game check. Game. I hope so. I really hope I so. so. I really do. Um, Max Scherzer, I think, is going to be fine. I, I know that this is like only his second start since April 10th, and he did deal with the suspension, and he is no longer a spring trick, and he, he's almost as old as Drew. And I actually think he might be a little bit older than you, Drew. He's definitely not uh, as old as me, but it's somewhere in between the two. I know that there's some concerns with all of that stuff. I still think Max Scherzer is going to be an excellent option for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I have concerns about him. Um, sure. He's already kind of com- complained about the pitch clock and then it doesn't really work for him. But what are you going to do? You're going to start him every time he's listed <laughs> oh, yeah. as, a, as a probable start. So, right. you know, and I, I'm sure he's going to have some dominant games and then there's going to be times where he doesn't pitch for a little bit. That's just, that's kind of the... The nature of the beast with Scherzer right now. Um, that covers most of the big weekend storylines. We'll do our three up, three down from Saturday and talk some waiver wire targets. First, a quick commercial break. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. 
Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can go can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code Rotowire MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to 50 bucks. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we do this every Sunday where we, we do a three up from Saturday, three individual performances that stood out to us from Saturday and, and three that did not stand out to us so much. That was really good work of the English I language. Um, I loved it. I'll start it off with, thank you, with Alex Kirloff. Um, had a two-homer day Saturday in the Twins' 11-to-1 route of the Cubs, three hits in all. Uh, both of his homers were solo shots. One was 382 feet over the left field wall. The other 422 feet to straightaway center. Kirloff's always been a, a really solid hitter, uh, was a fairly mm-hmm. exciting prospect because of that hit tool. Um, and maybe now we're, we're seeing him really put it all together because that nagging wrist issue might finally be in the rear view. Like that wrist had been playing him for multiple years. Like I think right. it goes back to 2020 even. Um, had surgery on it last August. It seems to have taken effect, uh, which is that's why he spent all of April on the IL and then got sent to AAA St. Paul at the beginning of May. Uh, but since his promotion on May 5th, Kirloff has gone seven for 16, a 438 batting average. Uh, he's drawn walks and connected on balls with authority like he did on Saturday. Is, is it an overreaction to say, 
he should be a starting outfielder in, in even like three outfield fantasy leagues. I think definitely in a five outfield league, but well, what sure. we're seeing and like what, what, what the prospect pedigree tells us. And, and now that he finally has good health, I think this is all fairly legit that it was just the injury that had been holding him back. He's hit cleanup a few times. He jumped to the second spot in the lineup Saturday. I think he's up there again on Sunday yep. too. So you, you like the way that the twins are trusting him. He's been an everyday player. Um, there, there were there were times when they were kind of platooning him, but I, I think he's he's established himself as a guy that's going to be in that in a prominent lineup spot for Minnesota moving forward. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kirilov. I will say we have seen flashes like this before, and it hasn't all been injury stuff. There have been issues with him making consistent hard contact, and you know that's true for a lot of hitters. Alex Kirilov is still a pretty young guy. He would be. Younger yeah. than a few top prospects, really. I, I, I like him going forward. It's interesting, Drew. Right before I started recording, somebody asked me a message, uh, asked me a message, asked me whether or not they would rather have Kyle Manzardo or Alex Kirilov in Fantasy Dynasty League. I went with Kirilov, oh. but I think that one's pretty close, don't you? Yeah. I'll go with Kirilov, man. I think he's like a really legitimately solid. And this is not, I mean, we're not stupid enough to just overreact to one week of like fine production. <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, we've kind of been waiting for this, and there have been spurts, there have been flashes with him, but I just, I think that now that he's healthy, like there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what he can do. Yeah, from for a sure. fantasy perspective. Yeah. And, and speaking of excited from a fantasy perspective, and I got to be honest, as a Mariner fan, excited for me in real life, Bryce Miller has looked fantastic. Now look. Oh, yeah. One of those starts has come against Double A Midland, and the Detroit lineup is not exactly murderer's row either. But seven innings of shutout baseball, no walks again. He is one elite take from Kyle Tucker on a 3-2 pitch from having no walks in any of his starts. And that's what's been the most exciting thing for me because, look, he didn't exactly have a ton of strikeouts, but he took advantage of a very aggressive Detroit lineup, which is like – the patience in that lineup is just disgusting. It, it, there is nobody on there that's going to work walks. With all due respect to Miguel Cabrera now, um, it's just really bad. But Bryce Miller threw 82 pitches for over seven scoreless innings. I really thought he had a chance at the Maddox. Like, I, I was a little surprised that the Mariners pulled him. But he's looked great. The Mariners do offer, I think, win chances with a inconsistent but talented lineup uh, and a very good bullpen behind him. If you haven't added Bryce Miller yet, I think you need to do it right now because he's going to stick in that rotation with Robbie Ray out for the year and Chris Flexen being an absolute disaster. Can we redo our uh, Dylan Carlson for Chris Flexen talk that we had not too long ago? Because uh, I mean, I, I, like <laughs> I might still do it. <laughs> Fair enough. I will let Gerald. I will let Gerard Depoto know that you are still interested in making that transaction. But. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with what I've seen. Yes, I think there's going to be some ups and downs for Miller, but you take a look at what he's done, including that start against Houston, which isn't the same Houston as it was a year ago, but still a pretty darn good lineup. I don't see how you can't be adding Bryce Miller to your fantasy roster right now. It's uh, He's at Atlanta next, so that's a pretty that's tough, tough test. test. Yeah. But the way he's thrown, man, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a must-add, and I would even – feel good about just plugging him into my lineup with with how sharp he's looked like love just love the command um 
Diamondbacks. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, No, he stole my thunder, Drew. No, that's okay. I just wanted to point out that Bryce Miller just throws a four-seam fastball, and still his fastball spin is in the 99th percentile, and that includes two-seamers and all of that stuff. That's how much spin he generates on his four-seam fastball, that he ranks in the 99th percentile just throwing that four-seamer. Yeah, the secondary stuff is an elite, and I still have some concerns about the command based on what he did um, in his previous minor league stuff. But man, oh man, <laughs> I'm giddy. I am a biased Seattle Mariner fan, but I'm giddy from what I have seen from Bryce Miller so far. I mean, there there was a little bit of chatter about like him possibly opening the season as their fifth starter. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, absolutely. They've got other options that are. I mean, they they have a lot of intriguing like made knocking on the door major league ready arms like maybe not aces but you know just sure. very yeah i think the, i think the hancock struck out need... 10 yesterday um taylor dollar's yeah. an interesting arm there's there's a lot to like about that yeah uh dominic fletcher mm-hmm. a diamondbacks outfielder if if listeners are unfamiliar he had a bases clearing three run triple and a two run homer in Arizona's win over the Giants on on Saturday, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, Chris. As much as I talked up the Diamondbacks going into this season, loved the over on their win total. Fletcher sure. was not really on my radar as like being a big part of that. Um, right. He had a decent showing in the minors last year. It was a second round pick in 2019, but not like a mm-hmm. mega prospect at age 25. But got off to a great start this year at at AAA Reno, and now pretty much getting everyday looks with the Diamondbacks taking full advantage of that opportunity. Alec Thomas has struggled. Uh, Jake McCarthy struggled his way into a demotion. Uh, So here comes Fletcher, you know, now with a 462 batting average at 1231 OPS through his first 43 major league plate appearances. That's a small sample size, but it's not that small for what, what those numbers look like. Like, I, I think we would both comfortably say that regression is, is coming in a major way, but, Sure. Um, the way it's going right now, if you need outfield help, like ride the hot hand and and, and make an ad with Fletcher. Um, still available in a lot of leagues and, and a good line on, on continuing to get regular at bats for a while. If he does cool off, the Diamondbacks are a team with a lot of options for where the position that he plays. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, like, yeah, he, he's been an everyday player for them for the last week or so. And and I, I'd, I'd pick him up if, if you need outfield help and, uh, not like a ton of raw power or speed, but you know he'll, he'll fill up box scores with hits. Or at least that's what he's been doing so far. Yep, uh, we love our short kings, Drew. We love our short kings. Yeah, and that's five right. foot six, a hundred and whatever pounds. He definitely qualifies for that. One thing I think Fletcher has going for him is he's a really good defensive player. And the fact that he can go get it in the outfield is going to give him a little extra run. The other thing that's going to give him extra run is just the fact that Alec Thomas is not going to play against left-handers. They have flat out said, this is going to be a platoon situation. And look, Fletcher is technically on the short end of that as a left-handed guy himself, but a swing that's kind of conducive to make contact against anybody. You know what I mean? Not a guy like Alec Thomas who... You know, it's it's not the long levers of Ellie De La Cruz that we were talking about, but there is a little more length to that swing. There's a little more issue against sliders, against uh, same-handed pitching. I think that he's a better real-life option than a fantasy one, if I'm being completely honest with you. But if you're just looking yeah. to ride the hot wave and you're looking for a guy who's going to be 
in the lineup pretty close to every day right now, which is so weird to say considering Arizona's outfield situation. Like, who the heck could have seen? Like, Dominic Fletcher was ranked as a top 20 prospect. He, he, for a good reason, but he looked more like that high floor guy who was going to be a fourth outfielder, you know, real life value over fantasy. There's a chance he's going to provide some fantasy uh, relief or fantasy relief, fantasy help this year, which, uh, good for him. We love our short Kings. Should we get into the guys who are not so good, uh, on Saturday, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. I hate it, but Sandy Alcantara, man, it's uh, the good news here is he does get the seven and two thirds innings. The bad news is it's another really disappointing start from a guy who just did not have these in 2022. Baseball is not a fair sport, but we're talking about seven and two thirds innings of I believe six runs, gives up a bunch of hits. And Drew, he just doesn't look comfortable on the mound to me. Like, he looks visibly frustrated with what's been going on. And, you know, some of that has to do with the fact that I think he was so good last year. Um, But at this point, I'm a smidgen concerned about Sandy Alcantara for the rest of the year. Now, by concerned, I mean, if I took Sandy Alcantara, I probably had to take him with like a top 25 pick, right? I don't know if I'm going to get that kind of return for the rest of the year. It might be closer to that top 50, top 60 return, which is still good for a starting pitcher. Yeah. I have real concerns, though, that we're going to see the Sandy Alcantara that we saw for most of 2022. I mean, he was so dominant last year. It's You had to know that like he was going to take a little bit. Some regression. Just a natural step back. Um, I mean, what are you going to do, though? It's kind of... It's not at all like the Scherzer, the Scherzer situation, but he's a guy you plug and play in your lineup oh, for and sure. you, you keep him there. And I think it'll yeah. be fine. Did you watch much of Yuri Perez's debut on, on Friday night? I did. I did. I was actually very impressed by what I saw from him. And by the way, me too. I I have been super cold hearted about the uh video stuff about like the call-ups and like all of that crap i think most of it is fake but seeing alcantara actually call perez to tell him that he was called up yeah that got me real good that was amazing to see but yeah i he, think perez picked we, him up from right, the airport too <laughs> yeah that's so amazing man that's such a he's clearly a really good dude and clearly a really good pitcher and it's worth pointing out through eight and the third innings of two-run baseball in the start before that but there have been just too many clunkers for me to be super confident. If somebody's offering me a really good return for Alcantara right now, I'm taking it because I just don't think that we're going to see the same results. Uh, but to answer your question on Perez, go get him. Like this is a legit yeah. fantasy option. Dude, he looks somebody he just that looks we, the part, man. Oh, he does, man. Like it, it's so amazing too. Like he went from. I joked with Ryan, he had his David Robertson Robinson thing where he went from being like a six foot three guy to a six foot eight guy in no time flat. My only concern, and I brought this up with Ryan as well, the Marlins are certainly going to manage his innings. He's a 20 year old. There are going to be skip, skip starts. Like, and you're going to have like 80 pitch games too, uh, sometimes 70 pitch games, which will only lead to four or five innings. So, not a ton of win chances. We kind of talked about the Marlins not being a great win team anyway. I still get him because I think the rights are going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what do you have? He had 260 strikeouts in 186 minor league innings and was still kind of growing into his body. And I, I think he can just keep getting better at like, what is he? Six, eight, two twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like he just, he's got the body to be like a, an ace. And I, I know maybe sometimes we look too much of that stuff. Cause then, 
there are short kings. There's plenty of them that succeed yeah. as pitchers, Tim Lincecum. <laughs> um, but just every, I, I don't know. He just looks the part. I'll say that. I, I think he's Real gonna quick. be really good for a really long time. Um, Real quick, you can only have one yeah. uh, for this year: Yuri Perez or Grayson Rodriguez. Oh man. That's a stumper. I'm I'm going to go with Yuri. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is built up so much more. I, I think yeah. he's really wild. Um, He's going to give you more innings. I think Perez is going to be better. I think it's pretty close. I'm going to go Perez. Close. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you, you could only have one between the three long-term between him, Painter, and Perez, but we'll keep it for 2023. And by the way, I think long-term, I would still probably have Rodriguez just because I think he has the most complete stuff of those guys. Yeah. Um, but but Painter's really interesting. Hopefully, we get a chance to see him pitch. It's a lot of really good young talent in baseball right now, man. Yeah, they. I mean, the Phillies have really slow played the, the Painter situation, and rightly so, but mm-hmm. I think he's like a, about to start getting on a mound down at their, uh, their spring training complex, and then he'll head to double-A. I don't know if we're going to see him that maybe at the end of the year, maybe like any even in a relief role or something. I like think that's what it will be is a multi-inning yeah. relief role. But that's, that's the reason why I'm not holding on to in fantasy because yeah, yeah, if you're playing in just like right leagues, the strikeouts could be pretty awesome, especially when he's just like throwing maximum velocity uh, at that six foot seven size. But I just don't see any chance for wins or saves. And that's kind of what you need yeah. for fantasy baseball. Um, Hayden was Nesky. I, I, I talked about mm-hmm. Alex Kirloff's big five RBI day and some of that damage or a lot of that damage was done against was Nesky who allowed, what was it? Seven earned runs on seven hits, four homers, uh, and the Cubs blowout loss to the twins on Saturday. He was, you know, a, a popular pickup. We talked about him early in the season, looked really sharp out of the gate was really good last year, but his season ERA just jumped from 3.93 all the way to four. 5.03 he's allowed the most home runs of any national league pitcher there have been some promising outings um he again he was great last year he's been good actually for the most of most part of may his first two start, starts in may were really good but i think he's probably trending back toward being more of a streamer rather than somebody you must roster in fantasy the baseball savant page is not encouraging he's 13th percentile in whiff rate 29th percentile in fastball velocity uh just lots of blue on that profile the bad kind of blue gets the phillies next unless the cubs might want to skip his next turn which they can they can do with a few off days in the coming week either way i i think it's not an overreaction to to drop him and just treat him as more of a streamer moving forward if you're in a really deep league he might be worth holding on to but i i don't see like big strikeout totals and if he's not going to help you in era like kind of what's the point this guy has an expected batting average on his four seam fastball of 391 and an expected sludging a slugging of 694 like his sweeper is so good it can be an elite pitch yeah. i think he could be devastating in relief but until he can actually have hitters have a reason not to just not swing at that pitch and sit on the fastball. fastball. It's gonna yeah. Be, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a problem for him. Like it's just not an elite pitch, not even close to an elite pitch. Everything else here, like the numbers against every other pitch are pretty good, except his cutter, which again, more fastball than 
uh, more fastball than breaking ball. And his sinker hasn't been exactly uh, super bad either. I'd start throwing a lot more two seam fastballs and a lot of sweepers. If I was Hayden Wisniewski, it might be why he ends up being a reliever uh, long-term. And speaking of relievers, I don't like this one. Kenley Jansen's blown back-to-back saves. And the reason why it's so negative for me is the guy just picked up his 400th save. And it was such a cool story talking about being a former uh, catcher who works his way into being a mammoth reliever. One of the best long-term relievers of my life. Like in terms of uh, guys who have just been set it and forget it closers, there's only like five or six of those guys that I can name that are even in the same uh, breath as Jensen. I think he's been solid for the most part this year, but I have seen some worry full spots, especially, and it's worth pointing out. He should have got as uh, drew. I'm sure, you know, he should have gotten out of that one with a save, if not for a horrific double play attempt to end that game. And, uh, you know, I think he still should have had the blown save because the run scored, um, you know, but he, he gets the loss instead. I'm a little bit worried about Jensen, not enough to like completely remove him from my lineup, but if he's been your top closer, I I think you're in for a little bit of regression. I mean, he's one of the few guys who has like a locked in closer rule and I don't see him losing it unless this completely goes haywire. Correct. Um, So what, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I would expect him to bounce back. He's obviously not prime Kenley Jansen, but, um, the Red Sox have played a lot better than we thought they would out of the gate. Um, mm-hmm. They should get a little bit healthier here too. I'm going to talk about one Red Sox pitcher that I was pretty encouraged by. Let's get into that. Mm-hmm. Actually, let's let's do some some waiver wire targets to to close out the show. And I'll I'll, I'll just talk about James Paxton real quick. Um, made his yeah. first start since April 2021 on Friday against the Cardinals. So over two years since his last major league start, and he looks. Pretty darn good. Uh, Nine strikeouts, only one walk, over five innings, two runs, four hits. The bullpen blew it, um, but very positive signs for a guy who was once a top-level fantasy starter with a ton to offer in the strikeout department. You kind of built in that he would have a lengthy IL stint at some point when you drafted him back in his prime. Right. Um, And I don't know, maybe some of that's back with the whiffs. With the injuries set aside, it, it's it was a long road back. It was the, the elbow and the shoulder. Um, but I, I think, I don't know, is this more of a wait and see to you? It feels like everybody playing fantasy baseball right now needs pitching. And yeah. I don't think it'd be like a the worst desperation move to, to give Paxton a go. He gets the Padres in San Diego next time out. Depending on, that's going to be toward the end of next week. So m- maybe if you're in a daily league, depending on what your, your matchup looks like. Uh, sure maybe don't roll him out for that one, but I, I would, I would pick him up and see how he fares. And if he's, you know, flirting with another double digit strikeout game, you know, it's go time and, and just throw him into your lineup for the next turn. Yeah. I was really impressed with what I saw. And I, I was uh, made sure that I was watching that game because, you know, as a former Mariner fan, I did have it. I do have yeah. a place in my heart, a former Mariner fan, a former fan of Paxton as a Mariner. Uh, he does have kind of a special place in my heart. The the big maple was uh, one of our favorites, but you do have to bake in that injury things are going to be a concern. But at the same time, for all the reasons you just highlighted, especially that everybody needs pitching, go get him. Like there's very few arms that have that kind of upside and the fastball look good. Yeah. He's always had that good slider. 
Um, he looked like he was comfortable on the mound. I think that the Red Sox deserve some credit for making sure he was absolutely ready to go before adding him to the rotation. I believe his next start is going to be against Seattle, which is an opportunity to get some strikeouts as well. Um, a kind of a revenge start type of thing as well. If his next start is against Seattle, it's there's one that's coming up against Seattle. I know that much, but I guess, uh, it, well, it depends how it depends how they do it. So it, oh, it could gotcha. be Wednesday's series finale against the Mariners, or it could be next Friday. I feel oh. like they might, I don't know. It, it just, we don't really know. Yeah. We, we don't, don't know, know. They, um, they could, if they could switch it up either way. I'm still putting Paxton in my lineup. Like I think that I was so encouraged by what I've seen from him. I can't imagine that there's enough upside arms that you're not adding him or that you have such a loaded staff that you're not pitching him. Uh, Casey Schmidt is somebody I wanted to highlight. And I think Casey Schmidt just became a little more interesting to me because right before we were about to start recording, San Francisco did activate Brandon Crawford from the injured list, but they sent David Villar down. And David Villar yep. was kind of their um, their utility guy, but also a guy that uh, showed some flashes of fantasy upside. And Villar, I think, now that he's down, I think you're going to see Casey Schmidt playing quite a bit at second base and third base. He's getting the start there. Look, the concern I have with Schmidt is, does he have any power? Is there going to be enough pop? for him to be an actual regular in fantasy. I have no doubt that the hit tool can play. This is a guy who has close to a 60, um, was a second round pick in 2020, and he's an excellent defensive player. He can play all over the infield. He'd be a strong shortstop. He can be an elite third baseman, I think, and would be a solid second baseman as well. If you're expecting a bunch of power, you're probably looking at the wrong place. But if you're looking for somebody who's going to hit for average, get on at a solid clip, maybe provide a stolen base or two. He's not the fastest guy, um, but certainly maybe could give you 10 stolen bases, something along those lines. You could do a lot worse, and I think Schmidt's going to force his way into the starting lineup for the Giants quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, they're... The Giants are open to to kind of anyone that contribute offense. Like, remember, <laughs> VR was supposed to be their everyday third baseman. It's just like never right. materialized. And then JD Davis has like completely taken over that role. And Davis has been really good. Um, yeah. If if you if you're hit, I mean, like they've changed up their lineup so many times. Lamont Wade is now batting leadoff again. Tyro yeah. Estrada is taking turns up there. They're just they're what Gabe Kapler and company are just kind of willing to do whatever. If if you're hitting. You're in the lineup. Blake Sable had a run where he was playing every day. Um, yeah, there's they're open to anyone that, that can help contribute offensively. Uh, Christopher mm -hmm. Morell, I think you got to jump on that train right now. He was Absolutely. left off the Cubs opening day roster this spring in somewhat of a surprise, but really forced their hand with an incredible opening month at AAA Iowa. 330 batting average, 1156 OPS, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs four steals and 31 runs scored through 29 games with Iowa. And since his promotion on May 8th to the major league roster, Morrell has gone seven for 17 with two homers, five RBIs, a stolen base and four runs scored through four games. Nico Horner strained his hamstring earlier this week. He's now on the injured list, uh, which will open some starts at second base for Morrell. Nick Madrigal is, is a factor at second, too, but Morell can play third base. He can play the outfield. He can play some shortstop even. Um, he'll be an option at DH the way he's swinging it. I think he pretty much should be an everyday player for the Cubs, and 
Um, you love the multi-position eligibility in fantasy. I think he's a really attractive pickup right now. Love the energy he plays with too. I think that works well in like this kind of higher paced environment that we're in this 2023 version of baseball. And he's my niece's Blair. That's that's her favorite player too, Morell. So, so nice. I think that counts for a lot. Yeah. It should mean everything in the world. As soon as I find out who my niece's favorite player is, I'm going to add him to my list for sure. It's kind of interesting. Morell just homered off the guy that I want to tell you to go pick up. And by the way, he crushed it. 461 feet. Yeah, today. Like literally uh, almost as we were talking, Christopher Morell hit that. You say 461? 461. That is a big boy homer. Uh, um, I did not know that he had that in him, but he does have some power. And I do like that. He has a bunch of versatility, um, a perfect guy to have on your bench or to, you know, put into that corner, uh, middle infield or yet yeah, utility spot. I, I like that Morel call a lot. And he, despite the fact that he's given up this home run, I like Louis Varland a lot. Uh, by the way, he's just given up only that hit so far in the start four and one third innings of one run baseball. He's lowered his ERA to 3.86. I like, I am a big fan of the Twins pitching staff, and I've talked about it a yeah, bunch. We talk about it every week, don't we? <laughs> we really do. And I'm sorry. I promise you, Minnesota's not paying me. And uh, I can't even think of what Minnesota's uh, cuisine would be that uh, they would be paying me in, but they are not. Don't they have like uh, something like called a hot dish? It's like tater tot casserole. Oh, that sounds good. Tater tot have casserole. Have you never heard of that? One of my- I haven't, but I have definitely had a lot of tater tot casserole in my life with the meatloaf. I've never had one. Ta- oh, dude, oh. it's so good. It's so good. You put like, That's make right a meatloaf with, I, I, put some meatloaf with some sausage mixed into the middle of it. Maybe a little bit of pork or like chicken or veal. I'm sorry, folks. It, it's delicious. Wait, um, I'm sorry this is then, a sidetrack, but you, you put it in the cat and then like mix it up and, and bake it. So you bake it with the tater tots on top of it. Like you, you, you mix up. Usually I think you make the meatloaf and then you cook the uh, tater tots on top of it. Um, it's uh, the way I think I've had it before, but uh, it's really good. It is a staple of the, uh, the Crawford household um, for sure. <laughs> Back to Louis Farland. He did throw six innings of a really good start against the Padres of well, six innings of one run baseball with six strikeouts. You know, kind of struggled against the White Sox in the start before that, but was also solid against the Yankees. Looks like he's got a good grasp on a starting rotation spot for now. Worth pointing out, there are some arms that could be up to come and replace him if necessary. But for right now, uh, for all the reasons we talked about with Paxton too, go get him because there just aren't a lot of swing and miss guys that you can go get in the minor league or on the waiver wire right now. I like this comment. Asteri Ruiz will be a... a a first round draft pick next year. Boy, you, you know what? I, I can't go that far, but I think he might be in that second, third round area the way he's been. Here's the thing. There's so many stolen bases happening right now, right? So how many stolen bases does Asterio Ruiz have to be better than to justify 100. to be a hundred stolen bases? You think he has to be in that range? I don't know. I I, I just well, think I know you're being facetious, but I know. <laughs> I mean, he, he would have to, I don't know, who is like a similar, I guess, I guess it's an Adalberto Mondesi kind of comp where you kind of have to like lap the field with the flaws that Ruiz has as a player. I don't, I don't know. That seems a little, it, that seems a little aggressive to me. I, I, it's but it's I aggressive, know. but I, I will say this. It's not as insane as it sounded at this point last year. 
for sure. And it, well, what has really been impressive to me is that like Ruiz has not been just a one category guy. Now, look, he's flawed. He's not going to be somebody who's going to um, hit a bunch of home runs, but I think his approach has been pretty strong. And anytime he's on base, he's a threat to steal. Like Ryan and I talked about it uh, a little bit yesterday. He's got a chance to steal like 80 bags, man. And that's oh, yeah, the thing. So long story short, this is not John Birdie, but I'm not sure that he does enough to be like, I'm taking this guy in the same rounds as Julio Rodriguez and Ronald Acuna and Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, a couple more waiver wire targets. If you need help at first base or a corner infield spot or in the outfield in a deeper league, Nick Prado is an available option mm -hmm. who's hitting the ball well so far for the Royals in May 351 overall average 975 OPS two homers 13 RBIs in 17 total major league games this season he started five straight games for the Royals including on Sunday between first base and playing some corner outfield they can cycle him in at DH2 yep a really good barrel rate we're talking a small sample size but the hard hit percentage has been good he's not chasing as many pitches outside the zone like he did last year when he was a, a disappointment I think, I mean, incur again, it's very early into his most recent call-up, but uh, really encouraging all-around stuff for a 24-year-old who was a top 100 prospect this time last year. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think he's a solid addition in the event that, you know, he figured things out. I, I don't know if he's going to be eligible in the outfield right away, but um, he's been getting starts out there. And, and so, yeah, if, if you need outfield help or if you play in a league with a corner infield spot, I think he's a guy with the talent to, that is worth taking a chance on. He's it's kind of funny. He plays for the Royals because he's had a kind of Brett Saberhagen type of career. Like he was drafted as a first round pick and was awful in his first couple of minor league seasons. And then was one of the best hitters in minor league baseball. Him and MJ Melendez were like, okay, this is why we can start getting excited about Kansas city. That, and that's a Robert Witt junior guy. And then he kind of really struggled to hold his own. But we have seen this from plenty of young prospects, that it takes time. It's hard. And that's actually the reason why I want to bring up another guy that Uncle Ted brings up, J.J. Blade. Uh J.J. Blade is a guy who, look, I think he was overdrafted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think he was not a guy who um, just was deserving of a top five selection out of Vanderbilt. I think that was a mistake. And uh yeah, I'm trying not to be too mean to the Miami Marlins. They were not very good at this for a very long time. But that's not Blade's fault that he was drafted that high. He was somebody who belonged more in the mid-round stuff. I think the big thing with Blade is he's kind of figured out assertiveness. Like, not just looking to go up there and draw walks. He put up monster numbers for AAA Las Vegas. And look, yeah. AAA Las Vegas, a very friendly hitting spot and probably a better roster than Oakland has right now. But I just had to throw that in there. Um, no, you're, I mean, it's, it, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly more talented, more upside with Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Eloff and a few other guys. It, it, he's a guy I think that you're going to see not play a ton against left-handed pitching because that's not his strength. He has struggled against it throughout his career. But the... The A's are going to give this guy a chance, and he certainly has power. He appears to have figured out the assertiveness. I think he can have at least a decent little average. Why not take a chance on a guy like this and see if something comes up? Maybe him and Brent Rucker, you know, that are finally getting this chance to get, you know, consistent playing time. Maybe this can be their breakout chance. 
Not expecting fantasy fireworks, but if you need like a fifth outfielder type, I think you can do worse than this. Yep, I agree. Um, I think that'll be it for us, unless you have you have any any other players you wanted to hit on. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Shout out to all the mothers. Thanks for tuning in to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to rivalfantasy.com or download the app. To begin playing a far better form of daily fantasy baseball, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Chris is at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Stay tuned for more episodes every day of the week. Go Celtics. (laughs) It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.